Atlanta is known as the cradle of wireless communications. We are fortunate to have in our studio the man behind the mobile network, who's going to tell us about the future of wireless and specifically 5G. Welcome to the Georgia Podcast, featuring the who's who and what's new in Georgia. Made possible in part by Global Podcast Studios, offering podcast studio rentals, production, and distribution. Visit globalpodcaststudios.com. And by our friends at Serendipity Labs, co-working, private offices, and more. True inspiration at work. Learn more at serendipitylabs.com. Now join Rich Casanova, broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta and worldwide across the PBC syndicated networks. Hello, this is Artie Ruderman substituting for Rich Casanova, and you're on Georgia Podcast. And today I am very excited to introduce Calvin Gray. And the reason I'm excited is Atlanta is really known as I mentioned earlier, the cradle for wireless communications. And we have with us Calvin Gray, who was one of the very first engineers to start with T-Mobile back in 1984? 1996. 96. Yeah. But what goes back to 84, your experience? or Yeah. Ex- so I started in the wireless industry in 1984, building the very first cellular telephones. Tell us about that. Um, well, you know, I, I got out of school and, and – uh, just up the street was a, a really cool factory, uh, General Electric, and they were making something really new, and it was uh, it was cellular telephones. Nobody really had a cellular telephone in 1984, um, so we we really were uh, kind of on the front end of of the industry. So, but how did you just start with the wireless? I mean, what brought you there? I mean, what, what education did you have? What interest did you have? What past experience did you have? So I, I was a 22-year-old kid with a, a technology degree out of, out of a tech school in Virginia. And uh, it, it was – honestly, I, I had two jobs offered to me. It was – one was working for Virginia Power and Light in, uh, in West Virginia, working on uh, power plants or the – the job that I took was uh, working in the in a cellular phone factory, building the first cellular phones. So, so, so but I remember. Let's see, give us the history of wireless phones. I and mean, I remember those big clunkers I used to carry around. Yeah. So in 1984, uh, really the the that was kind of the beginning of consumer uh, car phones. That the bag phone hadn't been put out yet. There, you had the big uh, clunky. Uh, mobile phone, handheld phone that you could carry, um, but all the rest of the phones were bolted into the trunk of the car, and uh, you had an actual handset in the car that you picked up, and you dialed like a telephone in the house, um, and it really was just a phone. Um, you know, I think as you as you go through and you think about the history of, of wireless, um, when you get into the 90s, you start thinking, wow, I can do, I don't need a pager anymore. Um, I can do text messaging. Um, in the early 2000s, you come out with the iPhone and, and the advent of the smartphone. Uh, honestly, that becomes your computer. Now you have Internet access. You have worldwide connectability. Um, so it just really – it's over the course of 20, 25 years, it's changed tremendously 
from just a, a, a telephone that was in your car to a computer that's in your hand. But I, I feel very honored that I have someone not just telling me about the change, but actually was involved, evolved with the change and, and was an innovator in the change. Yeah. So let, let's go through that. So uh, I, I kind of moved you from 84. We'll take you to 96. You got involved with T-Mobile. T-Mobile. Yeah. And, and uh, were you in Atlanta the whole time? I was in, uh, I was in Atlanta uh, for a few years earlier than that, but uh, I, was, I was working for at, – at that time, it was GTE MobileNet, mm-hmm. which was another, another uh, telephone company. Um, and, and I was working on business development and new product development and things like that for that, for that company. Okay, uh, so you're on the, the marketing side. I was actually doing engineering products – to support uh, so marketing, to support the marketing, mm-hmm. um, but but then we, we you know when uh, um, the licenses came out for what we called in the '90s PCS, which was kind of where uh, in Atlanta it was um, Air Air Touch, uh, and you know, you had Bell South Mobility back then, um, and you had a you know a cellular one company. Those companies were were getting into uh, the wireless industry and uh t-mobile purchased a license for atlanta uh and i i called and talked to him and that's how it kind of started with with t-mobile well you've been there since 96 so that's we're talking 23 years going on 24 years so what about the company you know we would Talking earlier about the gig economy and, and changes and career changes, you've been in one place for 23 years. You must really like your company. Tell us about it. You know, I think What's the, the environment about? You know, I think the, the thing about T-Mobile is um, that it, it is an innovative company. So, you know, the, the technology changes. So uh, as, as you kind of work through uh, technology changes, you also work through organizational changes. Um, so, you know, if you're working with T-Mobile, you have to you have to be a change agent uh, inside of our company. Uh, we have the freedom to to really drive innovation. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm one of those uh, leaders in our company that I you know I, I I turn over the apple cart pretty much every year, and I pick up all the good apples and I put it back in the cart, and I throw away the bad apples that are that don't work anymore, and and we kind of go forward. Through the next uh, through the next iteration of change, um, you know I think continuing to innovate is what makes us successful. Yeah, what you know, like if I'm talking to a musician, sometimes they'll tell me they were in a shower and a tune or a song or lyrics came to them. Kind of relate like what that would be for what you do in engineering wise. What would be uh, an innovation aha moment for you? Well, you know, one of the things we we've looked at is. Um, you know, inside of the organization, we have pretty pretty standard functions in engineering. We have groups that do uh, operational things, so they fix they fix the equipment, and then we have engineers that that monitor the equipment and design the equipment. Um, we've kind of blended those two together in the Atlanta market, where um, we've we've taken uh, operationally sound people and and said let's let's teach them how to do engineering um and really create an a a, a almost a, a a hybrid employee that gets uh, a lot of satisfaction out of their job uh gets a lot of new technology to look at and to learn from um but 
also keeps us changing, keeps us agile, makes us better. Well, it has to follow a, a business plan. Someone in corporate at a high level has to say, hey, I see a particular need, and then some research is done, and they say, hey, we need to go in this direction, and then they bring that down to the engineering and say, hey, what can you do to move us into this market? Yeah, and I, and I think the, the key for T-Mobile is the, the freedom that we have locally to actually make some of those changes. Um, so I, I have changes that I've made like that in Atlanta. Um, there are other changes in, in Dallas that are completely different than that. Um, but they go corporate. The, the changes in Dallas go corporate just like the changes here in Atlanta will go corporate or there's a specific local. Oh, no. no. T- tell us about that then. So it's the, it's the freedom to actually innovate for what makes your market best. So, uh, you know, my goal is to make the Atlanta market the best wireless network in the, in the country. I want to make sure that our customers have plenty of capacity, plenty of speed. They have coverage where they need it. Um, and to do that, I have a group of 100 employees that, uh, that I can move and change and, and uh, adapt to whatever I think is, is necessary to make that happen. Um, so there's, a, there's just a lot of real freedom inside of the company to, uh, to make impactful changes uh, I, I will tell people about those changes, and mm-hmm. they, may, they may decide to take it somewhere else, but they may not. Well, one of those challenges, I imagine, was T-Mobile's involvement with the Super Bowl, which you were intimately involved with. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, for us, you know, the Super Bowl is, a, is a, a massive event. I mean, it's a two-year planning cycle to get started in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, you're dealing with government organizations. You're get, you're dealing with the federal government from a security standpoint. Um, you know, we we put in um, pretty much four times the capacity that we would typically have. We we made sure that that was uh, um, a permanent connection. So a, a lot of times when you go into these events, you put up temporary sites and. Uh, just because you know that it's a week-long event and and I need the capacity for that amount of time. T-Mobile went through that from a strategy standpoint and said, we want to make sure that the downtown Atlanta core and the city of Atlanta benefits from having a Super Bowl. So we made sure that all of the corridors coming into the city, that all the major event venues, that all the major hotels – that we provided extra coverage that was going to stay after the Super Bowl, so really investing in the city. Well, that's very good. So, if, in other words, you had better coverage uh, and faster faster coverage, if you will. Yeah. Well, that that's great. So, um, what about uh, apps? Uh, was there anything developed for the visitors or for the Super Bowl in particular that T-Mobile was involved in, other than creating the pathway for them? Not really. I mean, we're we're we are really the network. Um, so, you know, creating those are, 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 there are companies that do that better than we would. I get you. You're the highway, not the vehicle. Yeah. I get it. I get it. But uh, Atlanta is, is a special market for T-Mobile. Why is that? Well, I mean, it's one of the, it's one of the top markets in the, in the country. It is, uh, probably the eighth or ninth largest city in the U S. Um, every year there are counties inside of the, the Metroplex that are in the top, top 100 growth counties in the country. Uh, so it's just a, it's a high growth market. It's a technology, uh, technology savvy market. 
Um, so it really benefits T-Mobile for for what we do. Hmm. Well, let's say you you had the Super Bowl, which had to be a challenge. What what other challenges or or moments of innovation that challenged you or that you enjoyed particularly? Um. I don't know. Uh, you yep. know, I think for us, it's, it, it, you know, 5G is really kind of our next big challenge. Well, I'm glad you brought that up um, because I do not know what 5G is, and I don't know if our listeners, how many, they know what it is. So let's go into it, and let's go into what T-Mobile's doing about 5G. Okay. So, you know, 5G is really um, a, about uh, data speeds and, and low latency, which is how quickly that connection happens. So um, as we roll into 5G, you're going to start to see um, almost real-time scenarios. So imagine today you were, uh, you were uh, sitting in the, at the UN and you're, 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 you're having to wear one of those headsets that translates for you. Well, in the background, there's somebody in, in, in the room that's actually doing that translation uh, in the future, 5G could translate that real-time um, because it's so real-time. Uh, the data speeds and, and the latency is so near real-time that you don't have the delay of, um, of what 4G is today. Uh, the same with uh, augmented reality and, and virtual reality. You have that ability to um, be in one location – and, and talk to somebody and interact with somebody across the, the country or across the world in, in a real-time scenario without having any issues. So a construction company in the U.S. could be building a building in, in China, uh, and, and you could do a walkthrough of the construction from your office in Atlanta uh, but, and never set foot in China because of that that low latency and the and the data speeds and the amount of data that can be pushed through the pipe. That that is quite amazing. So, uh, would I as a, as a using the as a phone would I really notice the difference, or is it really more for apps and gaming and streaming? Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's one of those things where we're not quite sure where we're going to use it. Right. Um, the 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 key. Uh, is really the uh, on the IoT side, which is at the Internet of Things, mm-hmm. uh, that has really taken off to uh, low power uh, sensors to uh, the wearable environments. Um, I was talking to a, a a police officer in Sandy Springs, and I and I was talking about the the ability for today. You could you could create a sensor that was on the police officer's. Uh, wearable Mm -hmm. you know they do body cameras today but they also have these gunshot uh sound uh resonators so they can listen in throughout the city and hear gunshot and it can record that well imagine if if everybody that was on the police force could actually wear that instead of it having to be in a stock location Mm -hmm. so you have the ability to to really do real-time interactions with the clothing they were wearing. You could have uh, fire departments where uh, the clothing that they were wearing provided a dispatcher with heart rate and stress level. Oh, my. And, in real time. Like in, in real, real time. time. 
Yeah, so you could you can really predict. Hey, you need to you need to get out of the fight because mm-hmm. you're 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 too far in, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, there's so many things that are going to come out. I think the 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 challenge is, you know, when I when I think back to the 1980s, nobody thought we were going to have an internet on our phone. Correct. Um, so in 2019, I'm not sure what's going to happen in 2029. Um, I think I think we're going to be amazed again because the technology is going to just it, it's going to flourish because people are innovative, companies are innovative, and they will think up new ways to use the technology. I, I can see that, and it's going to affect not just the industry, uh, but it's going to affect how we interact with our wireless devices. Um, but I'm just thinking, like, just talking about what you're saying. So uh, a business or a corporation or police officers or military, uh, they're going to need people who are monitoring real time now. Yeah. So that starts a whole new, a whole, a whole right? New revenue, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But even like, um, you know, being on your bicycle and being able to to see a heads-up display of a map to say, okay, which direction do I go or uh, you know, what's my heart rate? All of those things that, you know, you know, we've seen Google glasses yes. come out mm-hmm. um, kind of I, I think about what's that next level of Google glasses that's more real time where it knows what my heart rate is. It, it knows what direction I'm going to go. And it and it provides me with information about the bike that I'm riding or the motorcycle that I'm riding or the car that I'm driving in. Yes, I can. Um, I can see that. Yeah, and all and the amazing thing is what you're saying is so if it if something's happening to my vehicle in real time, it's telling me what that problem is. Yeah, or even can tell me what's going to happen before and, it happens. And it can tell every car in a in a stream of cars what's happening. Right. So as if you think about traffic patterns, and as bad as traffic is in Atlanta, sometimes uh, if all of the cars were connected. In real time, your car would know, hey, five miles up the road, there's a there's been an accident before anything else would even tell you. Right, because um, it could connect with the Georgia Department of, of yeah, Traffic, connect right? Connect with sensors in the road. Transportation, and, I mean. And mm-hmm. cars that are on yeah. the road. And yeah, that's, that's all going to be amazing. So, you know, it's kind of funny because when we started, going back to when you got involved in the 80s, you had AOL and... and it took like maybe a minute or two before you had a connection and we tolerated that and now we're down to literally seconds and what you're telling me is now we're down to milliseconds yeah and i think that you know the thing that uh that t-mobile is doing right is is the deployment of what we're doing is is utilizing low band spectrum uh which actually travels much farther so we're really after you know, providing 5G to rural America. Um, you know, today rural America has such bad uh, yes. scenarios with bandwidth and and uh, internet connectivity. Mm-hmm. So bringing that to rural America is going to be fantastic. Oh, that that would be a, a not just a great convenience, but really essential for many people. Yeah, uh, you know, if you think about rural America today, it's hard to it's hard to keep businesses active in rural America. Uh, because there is no internet, and I think you know when you when you think about five G and the possibilities, farmers could start using five G. They will know when their crops need to be watered, which side of the field needs to be watered, which side needs more fertilizer than the other side, what you know what crops to plant best. Uh, all of those things could be done with these sensors that are that are running over five G. 
Right. And what you're saying is there'll be, uh, I'll call them cell towers, uh, in rural areas? In other words, an expansion of... Yeah, of I think we're, you know, we plan to, to utilize our existing towers, and we're putting 5G on those sites. Um, and then we're, we're hoping to build additional towers in in more rural places and provide additional... And these coverage. new towers have uh, larger capacity? Uh, they have our low-band spectrum on them. Yeah, so you, you mentioned that, and it was a technical term for me, so if you yeah, can explain so that. Yeah, low-band spectrum um, is... We, we it went to the auction, and we bought 600 megahertz spectrum, which is considered low-band. Uh, in the original uh, wireless in 1984, it was 800 megahertz. Um, in the 90s, it was 1,900 and 2,000 megahertz. Um, and those those now are considered mid-band spectrums. Um, and then when you look at what uh, T-Mobile and, and, and uh, Verizon are doing, that we have ultra-wideband, which is um, uh, our, meg- our uh, millimeter wave, which is super, super high frequency, and it's 28 and 39 gigahertz. Um, but that, that, uh, that really high-frequency spectrum doesn't travel well. It's great for... Uh, uh, open areas. It's great for downtown cores. It's 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 really good for in buildings and inside of stadiums. But it really doesn't uh, it doesn't it doesn't propagate well mm-hmm. uh, in rural America. It doesn't propagate well in suburbia. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we plan to use our low band spectrum to really create a broad uh, foundational layer of five G across the U S. So that will prevent uh, – it rarely happens now, but it used to be rolling on a highway. You'd be in between cell towers and have a disconnect or a loss of communication. So that won't happen. Yeah, we're trying to get rid of that. Yeah, that's great. So let's, in a few minutes we ha- have, uh, what's ahead? I know you're, you're launching 5G, and that's exciting, probably taking enough of your powers that you have, to, yeah. right? Uh, is there anything on the drawing board that, that you're looking at in the future? Well, I think the, you know, really the expansion of 5G for us is, is going to be monumental. We have, uh, we have a plan to roll out 200 million, uh, to cover 200 million pops in December. Pops. Uh, population. So mm-hmm. uh, it's about 60% of the population in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's what our first uh, kind of rollout of 5G looks like. Wow. Um, and then, you know, as we go into 2020, we'll we'll just continue to expand that and and try to make it ubiquitous across the U.S. So if people are interested in learning more about T-Mobile, um, who do they contact? Uh, honestly, our website's a great a great resource. Mm-hmm. Uh, www.tmobile.com. That that's great. Well, thank you very much. I I appreciate it. Is there anything that you'd like to add that we haven't covered? I don't think so. Well, then I appreciate your time and being here. And I I really want to talk with you after the show because it's just so exciting to be part of innovation like that that affects all of our lives. Yeah, makes my life fun. So thank you. All right. This is Artie Ruderman signing off for Georgia Podcast. On behalf of the Pro Business Channel, we thank you for listening to the Georgia Podcast, featuring the who's who and what's new in Georgia. Made possible in part by Global Podcast Studios, offering podcast studio rentals, production and distribution. Visit globalpodcaststudios.com. And by our friends at Serendipity Labs, co-working, private offices, and more. True inspiration at work. 
Learn more at serendipitylabs.com. Join Rich Casanova for the next Georgia podcast and download on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more.